0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. We're talking with MJ Fitzpatrick. Uh, He is coming to us all the way from Australia, the other side of the globe from me. I'm grateful that he's up late at night uh, to, uh, to be with us today. Um, if you don't know MJ, he's he's a, a young Australian and he's really committed to changing how we all talk about self-awareness. He's lived through a near-death experience at age 17 um, and and really has become obsessed with healing himself and really trying to understand why people hide from the world and from fear. And, and uh, so he's got a really compelling story that I'm excited to share with you. Um, I think it really fits with our focus here of of staying unstoppable and getting yourself sort of, you know, steeled and ready for, uh, for the challenges that life throws at you. So, um, MJ, I'm, I'm really excited to learn what you have going on. We've talked with lots and lots of, of uh, CEOs on the podcast, and you're a little bit unique in that you're, you're young and you're really relatively new in business, but you've been through an awful lot. Um, in, in, uh, in your young life. So uh, I, I think we've all got a lot to learn from you. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much and thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you here. So I guess maybe to begin with, can you give us a little bit of background? What, what got you to this point and, uh, and, and what motivated you to get into the business that you're in?
1: Yeah, so I basically teach people how to make decisions more effectively in their life. So instead of being a coach or someone who sits around and, you know, tries to tell you what to do, instead I take much more of a high-end strategic point of view and just really allow people to ask themselves better questions and to really update the process of their thinking, right? To almost be thinking about thinking, if that makes sense. And I was started down that path myself, um, as you already mentioned, had a near-death experience when I was growing up. Um, Got my head in the wrong position in a scrum, which is something that you do playing rugby union um, And nearly died in that moment nearly become quadriplegic And then had a bunch of other things happen to me over the next five years Which meant I spent that five-year block of my life between the ages of 17 and 22 uh, In and out of hospital in and out of depression and anxiety had PTSD addicted to a whole bunch of substances um, and really struggled to connect with myself to connect with joy it was 35 kilos heavier than i am now it's actually looking at my fat photo today with a client um, to show them what's possible and just throughout that process of you know learning and growing and be really becoming myself um, started to get really fascinated by you know the human mind and and how we live this weird experience called life that we're all signed up for whether we like it or not and uh, really just got deeply, deeply obsessed and passionate about trying to, to trying to figure out how kind of the whole thing works. And it started with myself and realized, wow, there's really something in this let's getting better as a person stuff. It like, it's like there's something here. my whole life is changing, all because I've just made this relentless focus to get better. And then my life started changing and I started seeing that I could help other people's lives and then um, after a brief stint, in our medical school because I'd convinced myself I should be a doctor. I realized no, my real passion was to just to drop out and try and help people just gain some clarity and perspective on their life and really realize that um, if you can keep iterating your thinking and if you can really learn to connect with yourself, that truly amazing things can happen. And so uh, that's kind of what motivated me into this business. It's definitely not where I th- would have uh, thought I had would have ended up, but You know, it's it's clear to me now that this is what I'm born to do, and you know, to have a job where I get to just basically talk to people for a living and just work with an endless amount of amazing people is a pretty cool place to be.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, You said something really important, and it's something that I I, I, I've been focused more on lately, and that's thinking about your thinking. And Mm. it's really meta to say that. Like, you, you almost even have to stop and pause and go, "What in the heck does that mean?" But when you step back and start to examine like your own thinking and assumptions on things, um, it really can, can take you to a whole nother level of understanding. And so how has that, first of all, how did you come to, to that? This is for me, this is a relatively new process. Um, uh, and I'm 46 years old. You're, you're pretty young to come across that, that kind of wisdom, uh, to take yeah. that perspective. How'd you get there? And and what are some of the keys that you've come across in, working with people to help them pull back and see that. Cause yeah. it's not easy yeah. to do. So,
1: uh, no, it's definitely not easy to do. And, uh, I, I got here because, um, at an earlier period of my life, I thoroughly enjoyed being right. And I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed disproving other people's opinions. Um, but then as I just became obsessed with being more and more right, I started to bump up against particular people where, Whatever I was doing didn't seem to work if that makes sense. Like I couldn't get them into an argument, or it, I just it's it's almost like the tactics didn't work. And as I became more and more obsessed with being right and learning more and more, I just had this realization that actually, if you're focusing on being right, you're actually limiting your learning because the second you think that you're right, um, that's it. Like you in that moment, you have stopped growing as a human being. And I think, You know, I've been a nerd my whole life. I'm so addicted to learning that the part of my personality that loves learning and loves growing overruled the part of my personality that loves being right. And so then the focus on being right disappeared and instead it was just about trying to understand. And it's just a completely, it it sounds so similar, but it's a completely different life to try and understand things rather than try and be right. So I kind of got started down the path and then I'm just so fascinated by how people see their world. There's this really great quote that I saw by um Lawrence Krauss recently, which is the hardest thing to see is just what is there. The hardest thing to see is just reality. And, you know, every single day I see um situations where people's biases are ruling their thinking. My you know, I think the most common one is something I call incentive-driven bias, which is there's a really famous quote of um It's really hard to get someone to believe something when their paycheck stipulates that they shouldn't believe it. And so, you know, a classic example is someone working in a big oil company probably isn't going to believe in climate change because their entire identity becomes under threat if they choose to believe that. And so we're all doing that at some level. We're all consciously choosing to believe something which isn't true because the truth is too confronting. And so... I'm obsessed with trying to find those things. And I mean, I spent so much time thinking about this, trying to find these areas in my own life because the ones that I have found where I'm like, wow, okay, I can really see what that's happening is just just unlocked new areas of my life. And it's a a great experience to have.
0: Yeah. You know, you said consciously choosing there and, and I actually think it's a little bit different. I think, I think it's actually unconscious. I think so Mm. many of us go through our lives sort of, living out the assumptions that we've made without really considering the assumptions, you know, because we were, you know, born into a family that where that was a, a, the, the predominant thinking and we've simply accepted it or we're born into a society, you know, or whatever, at whatever level we came upon that. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, those things are are part of what helps us as humans Survive. There are an awful lot of inputs out there and it's hard to determine what's what. And we sort of rely on those that have come before us to set yeah. some context, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's healthy to question that and, and mm. really explore it. So, um, and I, th- it's one of the things I noticed with our clients is a lot of the things that when they come and, you know, they'll have a question for us and it's all related to, you know, getting clients or growing their business the first thing we almost always have to do is question the assumptions first to make sure we're in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And, but but it's really hard to do. It's like to, yeah. to go from something that's totally unconscious and to make it conscious and in, in front of you, really, really difficult to do because you don't even know that you've made that assumption in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they're called blind spots for a reason, right? And it, this is like – You know, it's the unknown unknowns is what we're talking about here is like you and I, we both have blind spots. We don't know where they are. It's because that's why they're blind spots. And you're right. These, they they are unconscious decisions that we've made in our life that we're trying to consciously uncover. And, you know, I think about when I read back through history, just there are these fascinating cases where, you, you know, my favorite one of all is Napoleon fought 60 battles in his lifetime and he won 57 of them. And when he was a very young general, he wrote down his military maxims. You can actually Google them, they're on Wikipedia, and there is rules for warfare. You know, you know, place cavalry here, place artillery here. And the three battles that he lost, in all three of those battles, he broke one of his own rules. And that fascinates me. I, I'm probably not gonna be able to sleep tonight because I'm gonna be up all night thinking about that because you know, to have these examples throughout history of people who are so successful Yet they make errors in their thinking, sometimes even aware that that's an error in their thinking, and yet they still do it. So what can I learn from that experience? And then how can I try and apply that to my own life so that I don't make those errors in in thinking and in reasoning, which will then allow me to have a higher quality of life?
0: Yeah. And, and you, so to, to build on that example, you question, was it hubris that made him change in which case there's something that we can learn there, or were there conditions that made him believe that the assumption was invalid? Yeah, uh, and it, it's like there's the, – again,
1: you find these examples of people in history who the very personality trait that allows them to become a Napoleon is the same personality trait that also causes them to lose it all. And it's just – it's like I, I guess – you know, you're in this kind of endless zone where you're just really not sure what the right way to think is. You just, you just don't know, and I think it's a very humbling place to be, but it's also a very exciting place to be because, you know, when you can just remove your ego from this from this and just be like, look, no one has the truth. No one has the ultimate truth. We're just all trying to trying to find our our understanding of what we think the world means. Um, you just you just reach a very clear place. It's almost like there's clarity in knowing you have no idea whether or not you're thinking the right way. And so you're just always trying to ferret out these um, unknown unknowns and see where they can improve your life. And, you know, we're talking at a very high end level, but these unknown unknowns in business can be huge, right? If you have a blind spot in your business or you have a limiting belief in your business or, you know, these things can be costing you like millions of dollars in revenue. It's just that it's just you, I cannot see that they exist. And you know, again, you'll hear these famous stories of entrepreneurs who um, don't realize that this actually their next great product is already in their company. They just don't see it as a product yet. It's just, they're just blind to it. And so, yeah, I think it's a very fun thing to be. And I think the big question is, well, how do I find my blind spots in the most effective way?
0: So I know you you work with entrepreneurs and you work with individuals to find that. As you're working with them, what are some of the things that you do to help illuminate those blind spots and, and shine a light on them?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, the first and most obvious piece is language. I think we're all so used to speaking that we forget that language is a technology, right? There were for a, the far majority of our history as a species, we did not have language. Uh, it's a relatively recent invention. And like everything in your life, like this laptop, like the my cell phone sitting here, it has rules and it will impact your life. You can use it in a positive way or you can use it in a negative way. And I think the, the, the words you're using to describe your life and yourself and a problem are my first port of call, right? You know, if someone comes to me and they say, you know, I remember after um, a seminar I did once a guy came up to me and he just said, um, I really want to spend an hour with you. I want you to tell me what's wrong with my life versus he could have come up and he could have said um you know i would love to know you know how i could improve or i'd love to get your advice on things but to specifically use the words i want you to tell me what's wrong with my life you know i don't that could i'm making an assumption right he's probably too hard on himself but i can then test that assumption in session and so you know we're often so used to just speaking from an unconscious place that when you start to pay attention to your language, you start to really find blind spots. I think the next thing is you're never going to find a blind spot if you like comfort over growth, right? The, the, the simplest thing that you can do to shut yourself up from, or from ever finding a blind spot is to prefer comfort over growth because any blind spot that you uncover, you're going to have a moment of I don't want to let go of this blind spot because it keeps me safe. And that, I think, I, to be honest, in, in my own very limited experience, I think that's the thing which stops people more than anything else in finding their blind spots. Um, it's that they, they they brush up against this blind spot, but then it's too scary to leave it behind, and so they step back. And I see that happen everywhere. I've done that plenty of times in my own life. And I think it, you know, if, if there's a skill that people are really paying me for, it's that. It's to stand there with them as they brush up against that fear and help guide them to the other side.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a I think a a really unique observation. Um, one of my mentors, uh, guy named uh, Dr. Shrikumar Rao, um, has he's put a whole program together um, where you spend over the course of about six weeks exploring uh, all of these little blind spots. And one of the things, probably the, the biggest takeaway I got from working with him was the idea that reality is nothing more than a movie i mean mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a our perception of what is going on around us yeah there are real things there's the desk that i'm standing at that that's real and physical and that's part of reality but the way that i perceive it and the way that i perceive everything else around me goes through this filter called my brain and i get to control what the filter lets through and how the filter colors things and, uh, you know, and and getting to the point where you understand that you're in complete control of that mm-hmm. and you've got the power to change it is it's it's an amazing understanding. But it's also at times really, 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 really scary because it's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, if you're it's in a point, terrifying, if you're in a place where your perception isn't one that you like, in other words, you think that the world is crashing down around you. You've been there. I've been through times like that in my life. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult to stand up and and have the courage to say what I'm feeling right now is a a, a total fabrication of my own mind, and and I can change it because it's so yeah. much easier to go. That's not my fault.
1: Yeah, and because because this and this is the thing, you know. I, I, I this moment where you're talking that you're talking about right now. This is what I spend my days helping people through. Right, and the fear is all my excuses disappear. Yeah, it's they, awful. It's uh, well, uh, when now that you're now that we're both in this place, like this is amazing, right? How would right. anyone else yeah. but when, when, you, when you've lived your whole life governed by certainty, right? You need things to be a certain way, you need to know the answer, and you need to through them to step out of that world and into a world where not only is there no certainty, all of your excuses for the rest of your life disappear. Right? I'm, I'm to I'm not allowed to have an excuse for the rest of my life because every time I have one I'm like oh, that's an excuse yeah right and it's a very powerful place to be but it's also so terrifying and the other challenging thing is you know I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs as you were saying and a lot of entrepreneurs drive themselves from a place of feeling like what their current level of life isn't good enough and they need to go and get more. So they, they, so they almost they put themselves down two steps so they can leap up five. And there's just this perpetual expand and then contract a little bit to make themselves frustrated and then expand again. And it's just how they live their life. Now, when I point that out to them and I tell them what they're doing and I explain to them and I say, let's say we waved a magic wand and that disappeared, what would you do? And without fail, in 100% of cases, they immediately say, I'd stop doing anything and I'd just be a hippie and sit on the couch all day. And it's so interesting that they say that. Because they've used that method, they've used that filter to motivate them their whole life, right? A lot of the people that we're talking about, we're probably thinking about as we're having this conversation, not only does that filter keep them safe, it gets them results, right? There are people out there running very successful businesses that are using a filter of thinking that it's not good enough. And yes, they can never enjoy their business, but it's also working from a financial point of view. So yeah, I think... You know, when I first started my job, I'd have a lot of judgment in these moments where they, I could see people were not stepping through fear and I would almost try and kick them through. i like, come on now, like you can do this. Whereas now I have so much empathy for that moment because it really is terrifying. And there have been plenty of moments in my life where I've gotten to the same door and stepped away. So it, it's a very interesting place to be. And I think it's great to be able to see the patterns of people who do step through that fear.
0: This is powerful stuff, Um, and and I'm excited to go deeper. And also, I want to learn more about um, specifically how you're working with people. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with more from MJ Fitzpatrick. Hang on. We'll be right back. you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right, welcome back. We're here with MJ Fitzpatrick. We're having a fantastic, and I I think a fascinating discussion on, uh, on how to approach the assumptions that you've made and, and, uh, how to kind of check your own filter to, to think about your thinking as, as you started off with. So, um, and I think we've gone really, really deep here. And what I what I really want to do is is find out um, a, a bit more about what you're doing, how you're working with entrepreneurs now, and, and the impact that's having on them, um, because I know it's got to be huge. I think for, I mean, if you look at everyone in society, the group of people that I see again and again that have to step up to that point of fear that we've talked about and really question the reality that they've created, it's entrepreneurs, because you're stepping out into a world which is very, very different from where the rest of the population exists. You're stepping mm-hmm. into a world where you're saying, I'm going to be completely responsible for my outcomes. Um, and, and you know, there is there is no paycheck in, at, you know, at the end of the two weeks from now, yeah. like everybody else has, unless I go create it. And yeah. if, if it doesn't show up, there's no excuse other than that I didn't get it done. Yep. Yeah. And so I think more than anyone else, we've got to, we've got to, you know, tackle these things and, and really address them, which is why I think you see so much on, on this particular topic right now, we're seeing an explosion in entrepreneurism. So I'm excited to find out how you're working with people and how you're helping them.
1: Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, there's probably, if we, if we get, I, I mean, I work with people from all walks of life, but if we're just talking about entrepreneurs in particular, I work with them in, in two different capacities. One is the people who are in corporate and want to become entrepreneurs and there's helping them through that fear and that process and learning how to think about um, your business and, and and learn about how to think about life in a way about value creation and not thinking that if your customer doesn't like your product, it's the customer's fault and like like just really realizing it's always on you. And then I work with the entrepreneurs who are quote-unquote already successful and, and really want to reach the next level. And with them, you know, a lot of it is to do with stress management, right? A big chunk of my job is getting entrepreneurs to real life to realize there's business problems and then there's life problems. And you can have the worst day in business and clients are angry at you and you're not sure the deal is going to come through. But if you came home and your wife or your husband had lost a leg or, you know, had been diagnosed with some horrible illness, you're not going to care about the business. And I think being able to, to use that perspective to be in your business and be all about it and be a hundred percent involved, but also really be able to put it in perspective when you need to is a huge gift to entrepreneurs. And then once you're in that place, to be honest, like the first five minutes we speak, we speak about business and then the rest of the time we're speaking about life. It's so rare that I sit down with an, with an actual established entrepreneur and we actually talk about business. one, I just don't know enough about business to give them any tactical advice. It would be insane for me to think that I could. but two, like it's just always about life. It is always about them and their perception of themselves and how they're thinking. and and it really is, you know this psychological journey in that the way I think about business is just a reflection of your thoughts out into the world. It's something that you've taken from your head and brought into the world. And if you've got people working for you, it's a collection of all of those people's thoughts. And so the more you can improve your thinking and the more you can, raise your own level of awareness, well, then naturally, usually there's almost a direct correlation with your business increasing as well.
0: Yeah, I, I see no separation there. And I think that's really, you know, there's all the, been all this talk over the last probably 20 years about work-life balance. Um, and, and it's all been focused around time and the allocation of time. And I, I just think that's completely false. It's the wrong way to look at it. The the way you get that kind of balance in your life is through is through the way that you think about the relationship between the two. Yes. Um, it has nothing to do with the time. There are gonna be times when, you know, the, the the time allocation for, you know, building your business or, or being at work or whatever is gonna far outweigh the time allocation for the other parts of your life. And there are gonna be times when the reverse is true. So yeah. and 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 not just on a macro scale, on a micro scale. You know, I went on vacation a few weeks ago. And for 10 days, I was 100% pendulum towards, you know, the family side of that equation. And then I come back and, and the, the pendulum swings the other way. And that, that, that I think is actually healthy because it allows you to focus your time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can do that, if you've got the thinking right going into it. Um, yeah. And so I think and the big, yeah. Yeah. Sorry,
1: not mean to interrupt you. Um no, this is okay. literally actually something I'm working on at the moment. Um, I was just gonna add to your point, I think there's what you just said, I agree with one hundred percent. and in my language, it's it's just only do things that fill you up. If you're doing something and it drains your energy, just stop doing it. right? Pay someone else to do it. change like just just don't do it. And when you're the first when you're a, an army of one, that can be hard to do right? And there are times when we're going to have to do the things that would drain us, but you're so right. If you just forget this work-life balance thing and just think work-life integration or work-life harmony, whatever kind of metaphor is going to work for you and realize it's just all your life, right? And then the second thing is, is if you just do things that fill you up, you're not going to get burnt out. And there is a way to build your filter where business doesn't have to be stressful. It's There's this, this assumption in entrepreneurs that I see where I talk to an entrepreneur and I'm like, Hey, how are you going? And you're like, Oh, you know, standard, you know, stress and grinding and effort and hard. And I'm just like, why is that standard? Right? Like why, why can't you run a business and feel extreme amounts of joy at the same time? Why does business have to be stressful? Because as you so beautifully illustrated, stress doesn't exist unless humans exist, right? If we take all the human beings off the planet, there's no stress, right? It's the thing that we create with our filter. And, you know I'm sure I'll get an email from someone saying oh, I run this massive business I've got all these employees <laughs> you're telling me when I lose a 10 million dollar deal that I shouldn't feel stress and I'm like well look I'm not going to tell you what you should and shouldn't feel but if you want to you could choose to look at that in a way which wouldn't actually cause you stress it's possible and I think you're so right like So much of what we're talking about is just really taking ownership of the emotions that you feel on a day-by-day basis and realizing they are in your control, right? Not every emotion you ever feel is in your control. Sometimes you'll get triggered or whatever it is, or you'll get angry or you get stressed. But once you notice you are feeling an emotion from that point forward, it's your responsibility. It's entirely on you because you could change it, right? You could be having the most stressful day in the world. And if you, I mean, for me, it's Louis CK. Everyone's got their own favorite stand-up comedian. You put him on for 10 minutes and you're not going to be stressed anymore. And there are these things that you can do to just radically change how you feel. That once you're aware of your emotion and you know that you can do that, it's on you. Right? You are holding on to this. And I think just taking a big step back and really, as as you said earlier, just assessing all these assumptions that you've made. Like, you know, I used to view my business as this intensely stressful thing. Now I love my business. It's so joyful. And I am not in easy conversations on a day-by-day basis, right? Like oftentimes. We start a conversation about business and we end up talking about intensely traumatic experiences that people have gone through. And I still find joy in those moments. Right? I don't choose to look at that in a stressful way. And I think it is possible. It is just about really setting your own standard and really deciding what you want to experience in your life. And then not listening to anyone else until you've built it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think we've broken the number one rule of, of uh, marketing today, which is to make it easy for uh for the customer um, and yeah. I don't think we've made anything easy for the people listening today. Um, none of this is, is, is easy. However, having gone through just a little bit of this uh, journey on my own and you've gone through a great deal. Um, I think we both agree that it's eminently worthwhile. Mm. The-
1: well, I miss the thing, like let's, let's make this easy for people. Here you go. Watch the questions that you ask yourself. A question you ask yourself, your brain will answer. If you ask yourself a question of why is this so hard? Or why does this never work? Or how come we can never do this? Or why are they never performing? The assumption in every single one of those questions is negative and you will get a negative answer. That's There you go. That's dead simple. The easiest way, the fastest way to take control of your filter, careful of the words you use. Stop saying you're so stressed. Stop saying you're so tired. Stop saying you're so overwhelmed because those those words will create a filter that you're tired and stressed and overwhelmed. The second thing is be mindful of the questions you ask. Instead of asking why, you know, why is this so hard? Why don't you ask how can I make this work even harder or even more? Right? What's the gift in this? What is this teaching me? And by training yourself to ask these questions, your filter will become one of resilience and one of empowerment rather than one of disempowerment
0: and fear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, MJ, how can people find uh, find you on the web? How can they find out more about what you're doing? I know you publish uh, uh, an email. Um, I think weekly and, uh, and so how can they find that and and learn more about what you're doing?
1: Yeah. So, uh, one of the, well, maybe the core pillar of my business is that I'm not in a business. I'm in understanding humans and connecting with them. And I prize human relationships above all else. So if you actually go on my website, I quite literally give away 99% of my content and that's not lip service. Like you actually can't buy anything on my website. You would need to build a relationship with me before we would even have that conversation. And so, um, just my website mjfitzpatrick.com. There's a big button you can't miss that says I will give you 99% of my content forever for free if you just take a small piece of action and send me an email. It's all there. You don't have to do anything fancy. And you know, there's guides, every speech I've ever done, with the exception of things I've done in school because I'm not allowed to film there. Um, all my writing, every week uh, you, I take a uh, an email from a reader has sent me and basically not only break down the solution I would give them, but how I would reason my way to that solution. So literally the secret source of what I do, um, it's all there and it's all for free. And I would love for any of these listeners, like when you send me an email, I will be the person to respond. It's not a (laughs) VA. It's not, it's like literally me, I will be the person to type out the response. So I would love to connect with any of your listeners. And um, there's a lot of really high quality content that I can share with them as well.
0: That's great. Well, I've, uh, Thoroughly enjoyed our conversation this morning and and, uh, or this evening in your case. Um, And uh, these are to me, these are some of the most important issues to deal with, um, you know, for those of us who are running businesses and and trying to push forward uh, and create something if you don't deal with the way that you think, it's impossible to get the thoughts out that you need to, to go create value in the world. And, um, and so these are these are important things to talk about. Um, uh, anxious to hear feedback from uh, everybody listening and, and uh, send us your thoughts on this interview. And MJ, thanks so much for being here. This has been an absolute pleasure. We'll talk with you very, very soon.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.